0: Hey Al. Hey Barry. What did the Kenku do at the EDM festival? What? He was raving the entire time. It's time for Compelled Duel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And we are a single-player, co-DM'd D&D 5e actual play podcast. Previously on Compelled Duel. Huh. How about that? There are dragons
1: on the moon. This raises some deeply troubling questions about the mole people. If...
0: Whatever we just saw is any indication. Our next step is Lux Delgallin. Whatever Father's pulling his power from, it's there. If we can cut that
1: off... Then we can stop this at the root, okay? You have made it crystal clear where your allegiances lie at the end of the day, and it is not with me. That's not true. For the final time, Ilasha. Get away from me! This is the first time looking at one of the ghosts that has appeared to you, where you have been very aware that this is not a person.
0: Hey, Grandma. So, um, Leo rolled a natural one.
1: We're in combat, and I rolled a natural one.
0: Natural one, baby!
1: I've never been this angry in my life.
0: Fee, you remember what it feels like to have a dominate person spell cast on you.
1: Um, Leo?
0: Hey, hey, what the hell? The person that you have known as Vice Admiral Defiance of Australian Naval Special Forces appears under this guttering floodlight in the alley. Her smile widens, and she says, (laughs) Would you look at that? It's a small world.
1: Leo... It is a cold, cloudy evening in the city of Voldur, and you are just outside of the city near the docks, looking at the former vice admiral and you would assume current pirate queen of Australia Defiance standing next to your sister who has a knife up to her own throat.
0: I would like to roll sleight of hand immediately.
1: Uh go ahead, what are you trying to do?
0: I am trying to get as many pieces of the copper wire that we got as material components for ascending spell up my sleeve as I can.
1: Okay. Uh yeah, go ahead and roll it.
0: Dirty 20.
1: You had to beat Defiance's passive perception, which is an 18, to get one piece of copper wire. Since you rolled a dirty twenty. I'm going to let you have three.
0: Okay, cool. I slide them up my sleeve and then put my hands in the air. You know, the world wasn't exactly easy to navigate when we thought you were shark bait, but it was easier than this. Let her go. We'll do whatever you want.
1: Defiance tilts her head at you and goes, (laughs) No, I don't think I will she turns to Fee, and, voice resonating with arcane power, says, put the knife down, turn around, and start walking. And she raises one hand and points lazily toward that ship. Fee's hand lowers from her own throat. She drops the knife turns around and starts walking in the direction that Defiance indicated.
0: Leo watches Fee walk off and looks over at Defiance with a raised eyebrow. Okay, two for one deal. You want me to come too?
1: Defiance looks back at you, gives you a condescending little pout. Yeah, if it's not too much trouble. You can walk there or die here. It's your choice.
0: Leo walks out of the alley. What would I have to roll to be able to send a message cantrip to Fee without Defiance noticing?
1: You have a material component so there's no arcana check so I would just say that's another sleight of hand. Since it's a cantrip I will let you roll with advantage.
0: 18 exactly. Meets it beats it.
1: Meets it, beats it, indeed. Okay. What's the message?
0: Telepathically, he says to Fee, I'm gonna try to call for help. Whenever you can, I need a distraction.
1: Fee is unable to reply or to acknowledge the message, but you know it went through. You both continue walking towards the ship that Defiance has indicated. And then a minute passes since Defiance casts Dominate Person on Fee. And Fee's going to do something. Okay, she's going to roll to hit. Defiance's AC is a 16. 17 on the die. This Dominate Person runs out. And you see your sister's hands at her sides twitch. And her fingers curl. And then she reaches into her pocket, pulls out a twig, points it at Defiance, and casts a Witch Bolt. I'm going to roll damage on that real quick. Six lightning damage.
0: I'm assuming that Defiance is sufficiently distracted by
1: that. Yeah, she stumbles back with a... "Ah." (sighs) And you are able to roll sight of hand against an active perception check with advantage. 21. Okay, Defiance gets a 17.
0: Awesome. Leo ducks behind the nearest pile of boxes or coil of rope or whatever on these docks, pulls out one of his two remaining pieces of copper wire, and fires off a sending spell to Sabine. Defiance is here. We have to go with her. Keep your distance, but send help whenever it arrives. We'll be okay.
1: See you soon. As defiance straightens up, snarling, she whips her arm out, moves her sword in a flourishing arc, and casts command with thunder rumbling under her voice. To you and Fee, she says, "Grovel." Romeo was safe.
0: Seventeen.
1: Let's see what Fee got. I'm sure she'll make it. 13, no. Neither of you make it. You and Fee both go prone on the ground as Defiance gestures sharply, and the crew of the ship that she was leading you both towards start to spill down the gangplank toward you. In your head, Sabine responds Shit, she's still alive? Of course she is. (sighs) Cooperate for now. We'll be there soon. The fleet is on the way.
0: Okay, he got the call for help out. Leo's just gonna lay there on the ground, make sure that last piece of copper wire is hidden up his sleeve as far as he can get it, and he's gonna let himself be taken into custody.
1: This crew drag you to your feet, arms behind your back, and defiance... Cracks her neck, smiles big and sharp, and says, I wouldn't recommend either of you trying that again. We have more important business. And then she gestures with her head sharply towards the ship. Lock him up separately.
0: Separate? N- no,
1: no, fee? Fee, also dragged to her feet with her arms behind her back, looks at you wild-eyed, and goes, No, no, wait. No one is listening to either of you. You are dragged aboard this ship.
0: Leo goes kicking and screaming. If they're trying to pull him away from Fee, he is fighting for all he's worth.
1: Fee is also hurling insults and curse words, trying to stomp on people's feet, trying to break out of this hold. But you are both dragged into the belly of this ship, separated, and you are thrown into a cell.
0: Leo yells and cusses and pounds on the bars, but after he figures out that that's not going to do anything, he's just going to sit down and wait for the people that threw him in here to
1: leave. You are left alone. You can hear... The sounds of people moving through this ship outside. You cannot hear Fee; She is too far away from you, presumably.
0: Leo's gonna pull out his last piece of copper wire, and he's gonna fire off a sending spell to Zed. The message says, I'm sorry I got us into this. If something goes wrong, I want you to know that you made me better.
1: I love you. After a long moment, Zed replies, I love you too. Don't do anything stupid before I get there.
0: Leo sits down in the corner of this brig, buries his face in his hands, and just has an absolute meltdown of a panic attack. Fee, you are not sure how much time passes. There is no way to tell how many days you have been imprisoned on this ship because you are put into a dark, windowless room that appears to be some sort of cargo hold. After you tried to cast that witchbolt on Defiance back at the docks, her crew figured out pretty quickly that you were dangerous with even so much as a twig, So all of your spell components have been confiscated, your cape has been confiscated, and you have just been left to languish in this dark cargo hold in shackles. The only way to mark any passage of time at all is that every so often the door will open enough for somebody to throw some bread and water in there for you, but that's about it. You don't hear anything from or about Leo for this entire time. It feels kind of rude to ask, but what are you doing?
1: I think I have been trying to cast the spells that I don't need material components for at this door since they put me in here. Yeah, that would be wire and
0: shackles. I think you got one too many cantrips off and the crew decided that you should no longer be allowed to do somatic components anymore. You're sitting there in the darkness after you don't know how many days have passed, when suddenly there is an onslaught of light from the doorway that makes your eyes ache. And when your vision finally adjusts, there is a tall, willowy silhouette, standing with one hip perched against the doorframe. This silhouette raises a finger, snaps, And several stubby candles throughout this cargo hold, light with a spark. And Defiance grins at you like a cat with a mouse between its paws. Hope you're finding your accommodations uncomfortable and undignified. She walks into the room and shuts the door behind her. There's this rickety wooden chair that is leaning up in one corner that she grabs, drags over in front of you, and then sits down in, kicking her heels up on a nearby crate. I know that sitting down here with you and gloating is a waste of my time, but it sure is entertaining.
1: Yes, I'm sure it's vindicating for you to know that all that you need to beat me is a dominate person spell and shackles I can't break out of. Skip the preening, where's my brother?
0: Her smile widens into that big, unhinged, hungry grin that you've seen her sport before. (laughs) What would you say if I told you that I killed him? slit his throat and threw him off the starboard bow to be fish food.
1: I'd say you were lying. Her
0: smile doesn't waver. She just brings a hand up and starts inspecting her fingernails. Mm, Yeah, very perceptive. You're right. You're both more used to me alive right now, and honestly, when I kill your brother, it's going to be right in front of you while you watch helplessly. Maybe then you'll get a little hint of an idea of what it's like to have everything taken from you. And you can see just a hint of a snarl tugging at the edges of her smile. She puts her feet down from where they're kicked up on this box, and leans forward into your space, hands braced on both her knees. Because that's what you did, Grand Duchess. You took everything from me. When I got back into contact with Alasha to tell her that I was alive, your father stripped me of my rank and banished me from Australia. I had no ship, no prospects. Just my life.
1: And a lot of time to think about how I was going to ruin yours. I fail to see how you being bad at your job is my fault. (laughs) Hell, beyond that, I fail to see how you throwing your lot in with my father is my fault. You don't pet a rabid dog and expect it not to bite you. Oh, I wasn't surprised when he cut me loose. For everything else you
0: can say about the man, he's a pragmatist. He knows when people have... Outlived their usefulness. But I'd always had goals beyond our working relationship anyway. The fact that your refusal to take the path of least resistance has set me back decades on those goals is what's really burning me.
1: Aww, how sad for you. Do you want a cookie? A hug? Feed as a 21 hit your armor class. Since I don't have my armor or my shield, yeah. Defiance
0: gets to her feet, draws her sword, and backhands you across the face with the flat of the blade for 14 damage. And then she's also going to apply a Wrathful Smite to do an additional 3 psychic damage. And go ahead and roll me a Wisdom saving throw. Son of a bitch. Okay. Ten. You're frightened to fur for the next minute. The cold metal of this blade collides with your jawbone and your head snaps over to the side. You can feel the razor sharp edge open up a shallow cut just under your cheekbone. And there is this. Ominous rumbling of corrupted, sick-sounding thunder that echoes off the orb in the pommel of the sword. When you look back up at Defiance, all traces of levity and that big smile have totally left her face. She looks scary as fuck. Teeth bared, solid black eyes reflecting the candlelight illuminating this room. This low rumble of thunder continues around her, and she looks down at the sword in her hand, back up at you, and raises an eyebrow. Yeah, well, the thing about having time to reevaluate my situation was that it gave me access to some new tools. You made the wrong choice back in East
1: Cliff. You should see what this baby can do. Er, <laughs> well, you will. Funny, I find the fact that you think I made the wrong choice somewhat reassuring. I
0: can see why Sabine likes you so much. The air of moral superiority fucking reeks. Look, I'm sure that you think that I'm a heartless bitch with no morals and even fewer compunctions about killing anybody that stands in my way.
1: And all evidence points towards me being right.
0: Oh, I wouldn't dream of telling you that you're wrong. The point is, Ferrora, that everybody should be. Sure, you've got the moral high ground, but you're sitting there, and I'm sitting here. And let's be real with ourselves. Let's think back to that first conversation that we had in Parley Cove. You're in this whole mess because you love your big
1: brother just so much. I'm in this mess because a revenge-obsessed maniac chased me all the way from Pearlport.
0: What, you think that I've never loved anyone?
1: Oh, please. No, go ahead, share me your sob story, I'll just be- And Fee rattles the shackles around her wrists. Sitting here, I guess. Well-
0: Given that your potential sources of entertainment right now are either my sob story or watching bilge rats fight to the death over a breadcrumb, I'll go ahead and give you the benefit. I had a brother that I loved too, and two sisters and a mother and a father. I loved all of them, so much, but that didn't stop all of them from dying gruesomely, and alone, and afraid. Much like you're going to die. And of all the people in the world that should have been able to save people with their love, it should have been me, right? Because I was so fucking special. You know how it goes. You're born in a thunderstorm. In a city of superstitious fools Clinging to a long dead past And suddenly You're the chosen one Who's going to lead everybody out of the shadows I was a child I didn't have a choice And because I was a child When my family went missing I did the only thing that I knew how to do I prayed And I fasted And I Bargained with the goddess who had claimed me before I even knew what being claimed meant. And I heard nothing. So when she didn't answer me, I turned to my community. Asking for anything. Anything that would make it hurt less. And you know what they told me? That the Stormbringer has a plan. I lost everything for her plan. So when I was old enough, I said, fuck her plan. Because I had learned the lesson that you're about to learn too late. All your love, all your power, it won't save anyone except for yourself. There are only two types of people in the world the people who take, and the people who get taken from. My whole life has been people taking, and taking, and taking from me. The Stormbringer took my childhood, the pirates took my family, the people that were supposed to be my community took me for granted. So I finally thought to myself, What if I start taking back? What if I take back until I get so big and so bad that no one can ever take anything from me again? And that was going fine until you came along.
1: I'm sorry that you are so weak you think this is the way things have to be. (laughs)
0: Weak. She stands up and draws her sword again, levels the blade at your throat. I am the one person in this whole shit show that is making decisions in my own interest. Sabine makes decisions in the name of a truth and justice that don't exist. The captain doesn't make any decisions at all because he's too stupid to... Your father makes decisions in the name of a country and an ideal that will never love him back, and Alasha makes decisions because she is besotted with a man who will never love her as much as he loves those ideals. But you and your brother, I think you two are the saddest. You're in some fucked up race to see which one of you gets to fall on the sword first.
1: And you are a child that is so scared of being hurt You think it gives you a right to hurt everyone else. And you are so terrified that someone will prove that you are wrong. And that you had no right to do any of the things that you've done. That you have to tell yourself that everyone else is a fool. I pity you.
0: You feel the blade at your throat start to shake where Defiance's hand holding the hilt
1: is trembling. You can survive as long as you like. You can get as big as you want, and you will never be happy. You will die miserable and alone. Whether that's tomorrow or centuries from now, you will never be vindicated, and you will never Be satisfied.
0: You watch her expression go very carefully stony and impassive before it is replaced once again by that big, hungry smile. She pulls the sword away from your throat and sheathes it before kneeling down on the floor in front of you. A minute has passed since that wrathful smite you are no longer frightened of her, in a magical sense. But there is a certain intimidation to the way she brings one hand up to press against your cheek and uses 17 of her lay-on-hands points to heal the shallow wound across your face. Pity from a dead woman doesn't mean that much, honey. Best fix this up, though. Don't want that pretty face getting damaged before we get to Luxtogalin.
1: You can kill me if you'd like. It won't change the fact that you have chosen this for yourself. And it will not make a single person actually care when you die.
0: She finishes this healing spell and pats you on the cheek quite a bit too hard and then stands up and dusts her hands off on the front of her pants. Good thing for me that I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. You, on the other hand, well, recent setbacks have at least made me aware that power in Australia is a little bit too small of a goal for me. So I'm gonna take you and brother dearest somewhere safe, reach out to your father, and ask for diplomatic immunity maybe a little bit of money whatever I need to disappear and start over and because the old man is short-sighted and desperate for his heir he'll give me whatever I want and once he does then I'll kill you
1: (laughs) you arrogant stupid bitch my father doesn't care about either of us
0: You're right, he doesn't. He cares about something much more important. His legacy. And he'll give anything to preserve that. He took something from me too. And that's why I'm going to enjoy watching it all crumble around his ears. Just like with the rest of you. Enjoy the rest of your voyage, Grand Duchess. I'll see you when we weigh anchor. She turns on her heel, walks back towards the door, and then snaps her finger again, and all the candles in this room are instantly snuffed out before she opens the door, slams it behind her, and plunges you once again into darkness.
1: Leo, we cut to you. You have been in this cell for several days. You've been given bread and water, but mostly you've been left alone here. You have a little stool in your cell and about six feet of room to, I don't know, make trick shots with your bread crusts or something between you and the door. What are you doing?
0: Having several panic attacks per day, and in between those, trying to tear the cell apart and find a piece
1: of copper wire that I could use for a sending spell. You don't, buddy. The cell is pretty bare. You think you could probably find something useful in the rest of the brig, but you can't reach it. Like, the bars are barely thick enough to get your forearm through, your elbow won't fit. You have the clothes on your back, some scraps of fur, a little bit of booze, and a leather strap that's about the length of your hand. And that's it.
0: I think over how many days they've been traveling, Leo has been taking one scrap of the Bloodhound fur that they got from the Wizard's Tower, and using it until he runs out to cast Locate Creature once a day just to make sure he's alive.
1: It ran out yesterday, but as far as you've been able to tell, Fee is alive, and she's nearby.
0: Cool. Well, then I'm just sitting there stewing, I guess.
1: As you're sitting there stewing, you hear a weird little tap-tap, tap-tap, tap-tap.
0: Okay, I'm gonna investigate the source of that. Speaking of which, I have had several short or long rests to change my whispers of the dead. I'm going to go ahead and shift that back to investigations. so Soren's back in town, baby.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, the ghost of your ex-fiance has appeared to you several times as you've been in this cell. He appears again, kind of cocking his head to the side as this tapping noise goes. Then his eyes go a little wide, and with a silent jingle of the chain on his glasses, he nods up at the porthole in your cell. Roll investigation. Fourteen? Yeah, that'll do it. You look up, and you see, clinging to the side of the boat, horrible barnacle-encrusted beak tapping at this porthole, The zombified pelican familiar of your good acquaintance, the pirate pelican.
0: Fuck yeah! Leo scrabbles up to the porthole. I'm gonna do whatever I can to try to get it open. I don't have my thieves tools. Am I gonna just have to try to strong arm it?
1: Yeah, roll me a strength check. I rolled a two. It's a one. A dirty one, if you will. (laughs) Okay, that doesn't do it. Leo's just
0: slapping at the glass of this porthole with his open palm. Pelican! Oh my god, I have never been so glad to see the desiccated corpse of an animal in my life! He's yelling as to be heard through the glass.
1: Also yelling as to be heard through the glass. (laughs) The bird replies. Laryl Valsine. Help has arrived.
0: Leo breaks out into this big open mouthed grin and yells back through the glass You beautiful feathery bastard! I would kiss you right now if there weren't a porthole between us. I ask that you refrain. <laughs> I will honor that request! I am below decks, somewhere off the starboard bow, I'm pretty sure, if the sun tells me anything.
1: The bird nods in a horrifyingly human motion. (laughs) We will be boarding post-haste.
0: Leo's gonna jump down from this porthole and just do a victory dance around the brig.
1: Under the watchful eyes of the bird, and therefore you assume pelican. And, again, the ghost of Soren Shakrana, <laughs> you do the world's most embarrassing victory dance. <laughs> As, from up on deck, you hear the sounds of clattering, people landing on the deck, swords being drawn, people yelling... And over it all, you hear a ringing, bright, alto voice. Defiance! We'll be having our girlfriend back, you evil bitch! I'm here too, you know! (laughs) There are sounds of fighting from up on deck. (laughs) The bird flies away from the porthole. You are left here as the sounds of combat rise. After several minutes, you hear footsteps drawing closer. You hear one of the crew of this vessel start to yell something not too far from the door to the brig. And you hear the distinct sound of someone getting punched in the face. And then the door opens. And Zed is there. He steps into this brig, slams the door behind him... And leans up against it, panting a little bit, throws the deadbolt, looks at you, smiles a little bit, and then straightens up and crosses his arms over his chest, and raises one eyebrow.
0: Leo pauses his victory dance, and then slowly raises his hands up on either side of his face. Okay, listen...
1: Zed tilts his head a little bit and says, You know, if I had a gold piece for every time you got kidnapped, I'd have three gold pieces. It's not a ton of money, but it is enough for me to pay for the therapy session I'm gonna need after the shit you've put me through this week, boss.
0: You say like it was my fault. You don't have to be a dick about it. Let me out!
1: Zed also puts his hands up, mirrors your posture, says, Hey, I'm just saying, twice as a coincidence, three times is a pattern. And then he's going to use a key point for flurry of blows, and he's going to just start punching the lock on the cell. <laughs> I'm going to roll to hit. <laughs> okay, lowest one's a 19, all three of those are going to hit. And because the lowest... Damage that Zed can do per hit mechanically is six. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to roll it. He punches the cell lock into warped metal pieces, and it just slowly swings open.
0: Leo looks at the demolished cell door and back up at Zed and bites his lip for a second. My hero.
1: Zed smirks and then he rushes into the cell and just grabs you and kisses you.
0: Leo kisses him back. I'm sure it's super dramatic and there's a dip involved probably. But then pulls back, raises an eyebrow at him and goes, "You are so attractive right now. You will be 10 times more attractive if you brought my knife."
1: Zed has both hands laced through your hair. He laughs. Pulls one back, reaches down to his belt, and then pulls up your knife, which he swings around cowboy style. Who do you think you're talking to?
0: Leo grabs the knife and smirks at him.
1: The love of my life. You
0: go, keep looking. We need to find Fee's cape. I'll go find Fee. Fi.
1: He reaches onto his back and pulls Fee's shield around. ...hands it to you, and then digs in his pocket and says, "Here, I think I got, uh...' ...and then he pulls out your lockpicking kit and hands it to you.
0: You had my lockpicks, but you punched the door open? Look. Hey, I'm just saying. Look at Zed, the big hero saving the Archduke in distress. And then Leo grabs the shield, his lock picks, and his knife, gathers them all up, and goes up on tiptoe to kiss Zed on the cheek. I'm sure I'll see you up on deck for the battle. It's been a while since the two of us
1: got into a good fight together. He grins at you and says, sure has. Can't wait. And then he is going to plant a kiss on top of your head. And sprint out of the room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Leo takes Kimrel's blade in his hand, takes a deep breath, very grateful to have it again. And then, without need of material components, casts Locate Creature on Fee to try to go find her.
1: You feel the spell catch on where Fee is. She is within a thousand feet of you. It doesn't seem like she's moved since the last time you cast the spell. You head out of this room towards her.
0: He's going to skid in front of the door wherever
1: Fee is being held, and... Is it locked? You try to rattle the handle, it is locked, yeah. Okay, cool, rolling a
0: lockpicking check.
1: 26. That'll do it. You unlock this door with a click. Are you going in? Yeah, bursting down the door, pulling Fee's shield off my
0: back. Don't know if you heard, but it appears that the...
1: well, it's not the cavalry, is it? Um, Help is here. Fee is on the floor in this room, with her hands shackled. She looks up at you, squinting. Oh, good. Good to hear. Okay. And then she raises her shackled hands, jingles them a little bit, and says, Help. Oh, and how she laughed when
0: the captain was gluing padlocks shut to make me cheap entertainment for the crew. Oh, how she laughed while I was polishing my skills.
1: The chuckles to herself, and her head bows a little bit, and she just goes, (laughs) You are such a bastard.
0: I'm the bastard that's saving your bacon right now, babe. I don't know what to tell ya. Leo pulls out his lockpicks and starts going to work on her shackles. I'm gonna roll another lockpicking check. Another 26, actually.
1: Fantastic. That'll do it. Okay. These shackles pop open, and as soon as her hands are free, Fee lunges over and gives you a big hug.
0: Leo squeezes her back super tight for a second, and then pulls away and shoves her shield into her hands. I believe this belongs to you. Let's go show Defiance who she's dealing with.
1: Fee settles her shield onto her arm, nods grimly, and then stands up, looking regal and strong and pissed as hell. Yeah. Let's- Okay, we're going. Can we find our way up onto the upper deck? Roll survival with advantage. 24? Yeah, you find your way up onto the upper deck with very little trouble. The layout of the ship is pretty standard, and you can hear the sounds of combat from above you the whole way. You step out onto this deck- and are almost immediately confronted with a big, burly sailor with an axe who sees you and raises that axe to start swinging. And before you can act, a guiding bolt hits the sailor in the back, and then a sword comes down and cleaves through his shoulder. As the sailor falls... Behind him stands a teenage stormfolk girl with short, dark hair and a glimmering green opalescence to her. You, the pirate, grins with a little bit of a manic, raging touch to it and says, Aye, the two of you can't do shit for yourselves, can you? And she looks over her shoulder in the direction that that guiding bolt came from and yells, Thanks, love.
0: Leo breaks out into a big smile and spins his knife around his finger. Hey, you. Bold words for someone that was riding on a guiding bolt.
1: How's it going, sunshine? From down the deck, with her holy symbol raised, this other teenage storm folk girl, dark skin, dark cloud of coily hair, grins brightly and yells, Ah, it's going all right. We heard your wake's been rough. You got no idea, sweetheart. Kill first, catch up later. There's a wet thunk as you stabs her greatsword into the chest of the sailor that she knocked down, looks up at you with another grin and says, "Candy?" As that is happening, Fee looks toward the other end of the ship. You watch her jaw tense. And then she takes off running as you see sunlight glint off of a mithril sword that is raised high above Defiance's head. Oh shit, yeah, here we go, I'm running after her. You two run down the ship. You pass Ravane and Verity fighting back to back. Ravane has mushroomed out a little bit and he is casting a chill touch. On one of these sailors, as Verity, with her joints outlined in light as her starry constellation form has been activated, has one arm drawing back on a bow made of solid starlight. You almost get stopped as a sailor steps in front of you, and then Talindra appears out of nowhere with a... and stabs the sailor in the back and just knocks them off of the ship, nods at you, and teleports away again. Fee charges up the stairs to this upper deck to get to Defiance, and another sailor tries to get between the two of them and goes down with an arrow in his neck. As you follow the path of the arrow back, in the crow's nest of the banshee, Erivae Enmar, with her braids pulled back into a bun on top of her head and sunlight gleaming off of her goggles, stands with both hands on her bow. Fee runs the rest of the way onto this upper deck and yells, Defiance! And Defiance, who has been locked in combat with the captain and Sabine, turns with a wide, sharp grin everybody roll initiative
0: okay everybody, here we go combat time I will be running Leo and Defiance Al will be running Fee and any other adversaries we have going on so let's do initiative Fee, what do you get? I got a 25. Okay, Leo gets a 12. Defiance gets a dirty 20. Right before initiative starts, however, she is going to use 30 of her remaining Lay on Hands pool to get herself back up to full health because she has been engaged with the Captain and Sabine. Al, since you are running the pirates, both of them get a plus 2-2 two, two initiative. What do they get?
1: A 17 and a 15.
0: Sophie, we're starting off initiative with you. What are you doing?
1: I am going to cast Lightning Lure on Defiance to make her draw up on me. I need her to roll a Strength Saving Throw. 11. That doesn't do it. So she gets pulled to within five feet of me and she's going to take some damage. 18 plus five thunder damage because she's within five feet of me. That's a total of 23. And then I need her to make me a wisdom saving throw.
0: Okay, she gets plus 13 to these. That's a four.
1: 17. Well, that sure doesn't do it. (laughs) Okay, for my bonus action, I cast Compelled Duel on Defiance. The moment you've all been waiting for. (laughs) So she has disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures other than me and has to make a wisdom saving throw every time she attempts to move to a space that is more than 30 feet away from me. Fee gets up on deck, catches her sword as it's thrown to her, has her shield in her other arm, and she moves her sword hand in kind of a lassoing motion and casts Lightning Lure, drags Defiance across the deck to her, does 23 points of damage, and then to everyone else, yells, she's mine.
0: So now it's Defiance's turn. She gets roped into this compelled duel and Rears back from the lightning damage with a snarl, and she's gonna try to just absolutely body you. So let me roll to hit on something real quick.
1: How's a 27 feel? It feels like since I don't have my breastplate, it's 11 above my AC.
0: Great, awesome. I'm gonna roll a lot of D10s now. Hachi Machi. Okay, so Defiance casts a fifth level inflict wounds at you. You see this orb of dark magic at the pommel of her sword flash and crackle, and then she reaches out and sinks her fingernails into your shoulder, and tendrils of black necrotic energy shoot out under your skin, dealing 44 necrotic damage to you. If you want to hold concentration on this compelled duel, you are going to have to roll me a DC 22 constitution
1: saving throw. Oh, good. Um, I I have a plus seven, so that's like feasible. No, that's a 14. I don't do it.
0: That compelled duel was really cool, but you lost concentration on it, buddy. I'm sorry. And normally that would be Defiance's turn. But the thing is, because she has possession of the magic item, the Tempest Sword. Remember how I didn't tell you what either of your items did back in Eastcliff?
1: I remember that, yeah.
0: What the Tempest Sword does is, it is a plus one weapon and spell focus. And additionally, whenever you cast a spell with it, if you are in melee range, it lets you make a melee longsword attack as a bonus action. So now she's going to try to hit you with her sword. And that's a 22, so that's going to hit. So that's a further 15 damage damage.
1: <laughs> that sure was nearly two-thirds of my hit points in one round. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, and now it's Defiance's backup. Both of these pirates are going to run up on Leo, and because they're flanking, they are each going to get advantage on the two longsword attacks that they get to make. Oof. So the first one. Mm! Oh come on. The first one rolled a nat 20 and a 19. So that's 3d8 plus 10 damage for the first one. Ah! So that's 26 damage for the first one. And then I'm going to roll for the second one. What? Motherfucker, come on! That was also a nat 20 and a (laughs) 19-
0: Laerle Valsine's combat motto for this whole campaign is just get crit on. Seriously. Fucking roll damage.
1: That's less damage. Uh, 20 additional damage. And then it's Leo's turn.
0: Leo lets out a panicked shriek and a long stream of profanity. And then he's going to use his cunning action to bonus action disengage and move down next to Fee so he can hit her with a Cure Wounds at 5th level.
1: Okay, so Leo's using 5 feet of movement to get level with Fee. Uh, with that bonus action disengage, you leave the threatened area of one of these pirates, but you are still in the threatened area of the other one and defiance.
0: I, I have 75 hit points left. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. 5th level Cure Wounds, here we go.
1: Alright, that's not nothing. It's 32. I'll take it. It's almost double the hit points that Fee had before you cast it, so I will also take it. Leo runs
0: over, gets Fee by her injured shoulder from Defiance's inflict wounds, dumps all these hit points into her, and then pivots around to go back to back and looks over his shoulder. You know, that whole she's mine thing would have been really cool if we weren't massively outnumbered.
1: Fee, back to back with you, laughs. <laughs> Don't be dramatic And Fee, it's your turn What are you doing I'm gonna cast a big bad 5th level witch bolts Okay 29
0: That will certainly hit defiance Roll 5d12 lightning damage for me please
1: Feels good Feels good I'm gonna use empowered spell To reroll 5 of those uh, that's a total of 36 damage after rerolling, And she takes another 5 thunder damage because she's within 5 feet of me, and I'm going to use quicken spell to cast a Shocking Grasp on her. Natural 15.
0: With your modifier, that will absolutely hit her. Go ahead and roll damage for that as well.
1: Okay, uh, that's 3d8 with my level. So that is an additional... Uh, 10 damage plus 5, again, because she's within 5 feet of me.
0: Wow, congratulations. Defiance is under 100 hit points now.
1: Ah! You bastard.
0: And as her reaction, she's going to cast a 4th level Hellish Rebuke on you, so go ahead and make me a DC 19 deck save. 17.
1: Nope. <laughs> So that's 24
0: lightning damage as you hit her and those arcs of dark, corrupted lightning lash out at you. And now it's her turn. So because she cast a spell with that reaction, she's actually just going to make two melee attacks on you with her sword for this round. First one is going to hit you. It was only a 16, but you don't have your armor. Second one is a natural one, so it's not going to hit. Woo! But she's also going to burn a spell slot to do a divine smite, which is going to add an additional 3d8 damage onto this hit. So you're going to be taking a total of 4d8 plus 10 damage. Oh, great. She rolled ass. You're only taking 22 damage. Oh, good.
1: Me and my 20 remaining hit points are so relieved.
0: She gets you with this hellish rebuke and then brings her sword down into your shoulder right on your scars as you're caught off guard. It sends a scream of pain down this Lichtenberg figure across your shoulders and spine. And then as she goes to get you on the backswing again, you feel Leo's hand bunch up in the back of your shirt and yank you out of the way. The motion kind of spins you around a little bit, and frantically, you see Kalesa and Eleonora hit the lower deck behind you, crossing over from the Banshee. Eleonora is just hacking people down with this longsword, clearing a path for Kalesa, who in the past couple days has apparently found time to re-dye her hair fluorescent neon orange. And Kalesa is following this path being carved for her, intermittently stabbing people and giving directions to what appears to be some sort of little humanoid impish fire spirit looking thing that is just skittering across the deck with crackling cackles and setting fire to the whole ship. You see it flit up into the sails and light them up and then come back down to the deck and light the mast on fire. A little bit closer to you, you see Fen carving through two, three pirates at a time with his battle axe, looking around wildly before he makes a fleeting moment of eye contact with you.
1: You guys okay up there? Uh, ask me again in a minute.
0: And then just for comedy's sake, our camera smash cuts below decks to where Zed Stonebloom is tearing the tops off of crates in a cargo hold and just throwing (laughs) shit over his shoulder. Desperately trying to find Fee's cape. And now it's the pirates.
1: Sure is. Uh, they're both going to move down to attack Leo. Okay, I'm going to have the first one roll with advantage. Okay, that's going to hit. And, and that one is not going to hit. Okay. So that's 1d8 plus 5 damage for Leo. 8. And then let's roll for the other one. First attack. Neither of those is going to hit. That's two 13s. Second attack. That's going to hit. That's a 17. 1d8 plus 5 damage. 9. Fee's going to go ahead and use her reaction to invoke her interception-style fighting which she got when she took her paladin subclass, to reduce that damage by 1d10 plus 5. So Leo actually takes 2 damage. Leo, as these pirates move up on you, the first one swings once, it goes wide, swings again, and slashes you across the chest. And as the second one goes in for a swing, misses, goes in for a second one, Fee spins and puts her shield in front of you, and the sword hits the shield, it knocks into you a little bit, you get a little roughed up, but you do not get hit with the second sword strike.
0: Leo, who is still pretty bloody by this point, presses a hand up to the fresh wound and looks over his shoulder at Fee again, where they're still back-to-back, and wheezes out,
1: Ugh! Thanks! Fi says, You're welcome! And now it is Leo's turn. Okay. I'm
0: wondering if I can do something. Can I grab Fee and pull her back with me if that means that she can't take that movement on her turn? Uh, yeah, I'll allow that. Um, that is going to mean she's going to take an opportunity attack from Defiance. I'm going to use my cunning action to disengage. So let me roll for Defiance real quick. Yeah, 16, that's going to hit. So another 16 damage on Fee. So Leo is going to grab Fee and move the whole 30 movement back. So that's down the stairs onto the main deck of the ship. He's going to place himself in front of her so that anybody that's coming down after them is going to have to go through him. And then he looks back over his shoulder at Fee, who I know is looking really rough and probably needs a heal. Trust me, always. I'm going to cast a little spell called Cloud Kill on the upper deck. It is a 20-foot radius sphere, so I'm going to angle that so that a lot of it is off the ship, but some of it is covering the staircase we went down just now, so that if they want to get out and go down the other steps, they're going to burn all the movement that they have before they can get to us and hit us. So, I'm gonna need Defiance and both the Pirates to roll me a Constitution saving throw, DC 18, but the thing is, they're all Australian, right? Uh, yes they are. Cool, this is against poison damage, so all of them have disadvantage. So, I'll start off by rolling with disadvantage for Defiance. A nat one. She doesn't do it. I'll roll for the Pirates, please
1: oh no okay uh first one two on the die nope second one a six okay
0: so everyone fails
1: which means they all take double damage because they're a sherry and so they're vulnerable to poison it sure does you need some d8s bud
0: uh yeah I only have four so I'm gonna need six because with the poison vulnerability this is about to be 10d8 poison damage when they enter the effect for the first time
1: delicious delicious
0: oh this feels good and that is a total of 42 damage to both pirates and defiance and that will do it for Leo's turn will it will that do it I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll let him skate by on this one.
1: <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> uh, then it's Fee's turn. Fee is going to use all of her Lay on hands points on herself. <laughs> so that gets Fee up to a hearty 19 hit points. <laughs> and. Leo, behind you, you can almost feel a ripple as your sister starts casting a spell. Her sword clatters to the deck and she still has her shield on her other arm as she puts both of her hands down like they are on top of some sphere of invisible material, fingers splayed out. And then she sweeps them out and up high above her head. And at the back of this ship behind Defiance and her buddies and this cloud kill that you just cast, a roar starts as an absolute wall of water rears out of the ocean. It hangs for a moment, frozen, as Defiance looks behind her and up. And then it crashes onto the back of the ship. As this tidal wave spell hits, Defiance and both of her pirate buddies are going to need to make DC 19 dex saves.
0: Okay, I'll roll for Defiance.
1: 14. Nope. And let's roll for her buddies. (laughs) A 7 and a 6. Nope. So... The damage on tidal wave is 4d8 minimum. Since both of these pirates failed their saves, they're going to take at least that. They have three hit points left each. They're dead. The wave hits, and they go down. Defiance also gets knocked down to the deck. She is still alive, but she is prone, and she's taking this damage. I'm gonna use a sorcery point on Empowered Spell. So this wave hits, defiance hits the deck, takes 25 damage. And again, that 25, more than enough to kill both of her buddies up there with her. Their corpses get washed out to sea. You watch water flow down from this top deck across the lower deck. People are slipping in it. You watch out of the corner of your eye, the little fire spirit that Kalesa has summoned jumps away from it with a little yelp. And more than a few people turn to look as this force of nature that your sister has called does its work. And now it's Defiance's turn. So the
0: fun and awesome part about Cloud Kill is that when you start your turn in it, you have to repeat the Constitution saving throw. So Defiance is going to reroll that with Disadvantage. Disadvantage was still a twenty-one. She does make it, so she doesn't take the ten d8 that she would have taken. Now she's only going to take five. Well, I rolled three ones, so that was only twelve damage. Defiance is just barely, with her halved movement, going to be able to get up and make it out of this cloud kill spell and then for her action, she is going to dump her remaining 43 Leon hands points to heal herself. The area of this cloud kill spell is heavily obscured by this noxious, poisonous gas, but you see the sea wind start to blow it off the stern of the ship. As Defiance staggers out, grabs onto the railing, and coughs heavily for a few seconds, before smacking herself in the chest and blasting herself with this dark necrotic lightning energy, finding some sort of vitality in it and straightening up. She cannot move any further, but she locks eyes with you on this lower main deck with utter malice. And now it's Leo's turn. As you and Defiance are locked in this mutual malicious stare, you feel a hand from beside you reach down to grab yours, and a burst of healing energy run up through your arm as Leo uses his turn to cast a 4th level Cure Wounds on you. You get 20 hit points back, and from next to you, your brother looks up at you, nods smiles with a little bit of blood running out of the corner of his mouth and
1: says go get her and fee it is your turn fee is gonna scoop her sword up from the deck and then she's gonna run out into the middle of the ship and stand there with her stance firm and raise up the tempest shield she brings it down in one fluid motion And as she's doing that, a bolt of lightning hits the mast as she casts Chain Lightning. And as this bolt hits the mast and it smokes and sparks, three bolts of lightning come out of it. And they're going to hit two of the other pirates on this deck that are engaged with our friends. And one is going to hit Defiance.
0: Okay, I'm going to roll for these stock pirates a deck save against your spell DC. No. And then I'm going to roll for Defiance. That's a 19, meets it, beats it.
1: Okay. She's still going to take half of this 10d8 damage. So that's 31, which halved is 15.
0: And now it is Defiance's turn. Bloody... Gasping for breath, she is going to lash out with the tempest sword and try to hit you. 18, that's going to hit. Fee, go ahead and make me a DC 19 strength saving throw. 16. No, that doesn't do it. So, first of all, you're going to take 1d8 plus 2d6 plus 10 damage from the strike. 20 damage and then with a boom of sickening thunder you are knocked back 10 feet and prone so with the position that you're in you actually get knocked straight back into leo's arms he catches you before you can hit the floor i'm gonna roll a luck check and see if you have to use your movement to get up from prone on your next turn you do not. You get knocked back straight into your brother's chest. He gets his arms under both of yours and keeps you upright. However, Defiance still has movement. She still has another attack. She's going to swing on you again. Um, so she rolled a two. Does a 13 still hit your armor class? Not with my shield.
1: It doesn't. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Once again, Leo wrenches to the side and pulls you out of the way of this sword as it goes slicing into the railing of the ship behind you, blade lodging in the wood. And the two of you stumble away from Defiance's last attack for this round.
1: Since she hit me, can I use my Hellish Rebuke?
0: I still have a reaction this round. Yeah, sure, she's gonna have to roll a deck save against your spell save DC. 17. Nope. 3d10 lightning damage. Go ahead and roll it for me.
1: 15 damage.
0: Leo pulls you out of the way of this swing of her sword. And as she's trying to dislodge the blade from the wood of the railing, you stick a hand out and just zap her with lightning. She goes rigid and screams and then finally manages to pull this sword free. And now it's Leo's turn. So Leo's gonna use his bonus action to healing word you at fourth level. So nine plus five is 14 hit points that you get back. And then because healing word is a bonus action, he can still use a cantrip for his action. He's gonna try to hit defiance with a chill touch. Dirty 20, baby, that's gonna hit. 3d8 necrotic damage. 13 damage. Leo grabs you and heals you at the same time this skeletal hand reaches out across the deck and just grabs Defiance by the front of her shirt, spreading out necrotic damage up through her veins. And it is your turn. What are you doing?
1: I'm going to heft my sword and my shield, square my stance, and then look at Defiance and say, It doesn't have to end this way.
0: Defiance, bloody and wide-eyed and desperate, casts her eyes around the carnage on the deck of this ship. At how her crew are falling in droves at how no one is coming to save her. She looks back and meets your gaze, and then reaches down to grab the point of your sword, takes a step forward, and presses the tip of it into her chest.
1: Yes, it does. It's still my turn.
0: Yes, you still have an action. What are you doing?
1: I'm gonna hit her with my sword.
0: Okay, roll to hit, with advantage, because she's helping you.
1: 24. Okay, roll damage. (sighs) Okay. That's a four, but I would also like to cast Thunderous Smite. So I need her to make me a strength saving throw.
0: Okay, because of how she has approached all this, she's actually going to do that with disadvantage. 11. Nope.
1: So that's another 2d6 damage. 8 damage.
0: You stab her right through the heart. The hilt of your sword settles against her chest, and she coughs up a mouthful of blue luminescent blood that spatters down her chin and over her shirt. She locks eyes with you for a moment, this odd desperation on her face, and rattles out, (laughs) I hope you find exactly what you're looking for. And then this thunderous smite kicks in and blasts her backwards off your blade, Her back collides with the mast, and she crumples to the ground, dead. As soon as everyone else on the ship watches this happen, the still-alive remnants of the crew, who are both not as skilled and not as loyal as the people Defiance had sailing under her before... Start making valiant efforts to abandon ship. They are piling into lifeboats. Some of them are jumping over the side. But your team has unequivocally won this day.
1: Fee drops her sword on the deck and just sits down with her back against the railing next to Leo.
0: Leo drops to his knees next to you and pulls you into a big tight hug. There's a weird sense of silence around what happens next. You're watching it all play out in front of you, but you find that you can't really hear or process any of it. The crew of the ship start undergoing the process you've seen before of tossing bodies over the side, cleaning up all the gore. And in the middle of it all, you see the captain walk over very numbly. Kneel down next to Defiance's body at the foot of the mast and just reach out and pluck something off the front of her shirt and stick it in his pocket. He comes over and Sabine follows right on his heels and they both just kneel down and pull you into their arms.
1: leo we cut to the infirmary on the ship the older Stormfolk folk pirate woman doc that you got to know very well last year ties a final knot in bandages around your arm and says right that's settled and then walks over to the door she kicked everybody that was not injured out of this infirmary like immediately. So the only people in here are a few members of the crew, including Boots, you, your sister, Fenn, and Eleonora. You're all pretty banged up. You and Fee obviously sustained some injuries in the fight with Defiance. Fen has a broken wrist that he is cradling in a sling. Eleonora has... A nasty concussion. She has a big gash across her forehead, and she looks a little woozy as she's sitting on one of the infirmary beds. But nobody that is in this infirmary seems gravely injured.
0: Leo is, like, batting Doc off of him and trying to sit up. I'm good. I've, I'm
1: good. I've got a couple more cure wounds. Let me go help everybody else. Doc gives you a sour look and says, Ah, oh, you'll have to wait on that one. Lay down. She points at you sternly, and then she walks over to the door, swings it open. Several members of your party just fall through it immediately. Notably, the captain and Zed, like, seemingly trip over each other and both just fall on their faces. But most of your party is gathered there along with several members of the crew. As everybody falls forward with various shouts and settles, pelican just walks through the door just picks over them (laughs) and just walks in and sits down next to boots leo's
0: gonna look back through this crowd and see if ravine is there
1: yeah he is he and verity are holding hands kind of towards the back of the pack as you're looking zed and the captain both get up brush themselves off sabine sneaks past them darts in and goes and sits down next to fee Kalesa is on her heels and is immediately all over Eleonora. What are you doing?
0: I'm gonna raise an eyebrow at Ravain and nod next to me like, get over here.
1: Ravain walks in, comes over and stands next to your bed. Zed is right behind him. He has actually your sister's cape clutched in one hand, victoriously. And he hands that off to her before he comes and sits down next to you.
0: Leo reaches down and grabs Zed's hand, but does not break eye contact with Ravain. <sighs> Rough day. Um, did we lose anyone?
1: Ravain blinks and says, Um, not that I'm aware of. Okay, cool.
0: Leo relaxes back into this cot and just kind of turns over and looks up at Zed with a crooked grin. So much for us getting into a good fight together.
1: Maybe next time. Zed laughs a little, tucks your head under his chin, and says, Yeah, we got nothing but time, boss. The rest of your party are kind of settling around you and Fee and Fen and Eleonora as the injured members. Finding their places. Mia Sandis elbows through everybody and slinks right up to Fenn's cot and just sits down behind him and starts rubbing his shoulders.
0: Leo sits a bolt upright in his bed and points at
1: them, eyes wide. Moon dragon! There is the beat of silence. Everybody looks at you and then looks at Mia, and then looks back at you. Roll Insight. 19. Mia goes extremely still for a moment, and extremely tense, and then relaxes, laughs, and kinda leans forward so their head is nestled on Fen's shoulder. (laughs) You hit your head pretty hard in that battle, huh, sport? Liar!
0: He's still pointing at them very intensely. I saw everything. I saw everything about Kimrel and Kiva, and my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great- a few more times-great-grandfather.
1: And I saw everything about the dry-cleaning- in the next cot is woozy from pain meds and dozing with Sabine and the captain both curled up around her and she just raises a hand and goes "Yep. Yeah, how do you even clean something if it's dry my
0: sentiments exactly how do you clean something if it's dry Mia if that is your real name
1: Mia tilts their head to nuzzle a little closer into the side of Fen's neck, and just quizzically goes, It. Is. (laughs) They pull back from Fen, stand up, and say, You know what? I think you could use some fresh air. They walk over, grab you by the shoulder, just a little too tight. I'll take him, y'all get settled. And then they start dragging you out of this infirmary.
0: Leo looks at Fee, who I'm sure is high off her ass at this point, and just whispers, Tell my story.
1: Fee nods mournfully where she is curled up against Sabine's chest, and then closes her eyes, presumably to take a nap. <laughs> Mia drags you out of this infirmary, down the hall, up on deck, and then kind of shoves you a little bit against a wall and says, All right, I'm going to be nice because I understand that you've had a hard week. Do that shit again and nobody's going to find the body.
0: Leo looks a bit frightened for a second, but then shoves them back. Oh, no, no, no. You do not get to be the antagonistic one in this. You lied to us. And I get that there are some things that need to be kept under wraps for the greater good, but there's a big difference between I work for Kimrel, and I'm a demigod of violence from another planet, and also a dragon. Mia, what the fuck?
1: They lean real close to you, and what little light there is on this deck glints off their eyes in a weird way, and they hiss, I appreciate Keeping your fucking voice down.
0: Oh, alright, you want me to be quiet? I'll be quiet. What was stopping you from telling me all
1: of this at the beginning? I'll give you two guesses. That son of a bitch. Got it in one. I have spent the last 70,000 years doing my fucking job, and I am not gonna let you blow the first good thing that's happened to me since. Which is what? (sighs) Fan. It's not like I wasn't gonna tell him. But it is not your secret to go blabbing to everybody that we know. And I... I need time.
0: Time is the one thing we don't have. Mia, whatever we're sailing towards right now, I've got the feeling that it's the end of all of this. And besides, if you are this invested in whatever it is you've got with Finn, why are you not convinced that he could hear the
1: truth and things could stay the same between you two? Because believe it or not, nothing good ever comes out of being loved by something that can't die. And even before this shit happened to me, I don't exactly have a great track record. Once he knows, things are going to change. Just let me have a few days.
0: Why do I have the feeling that this is going to end with Kimrel asking both of us to do things that we don't want to
1: do? Because that's what he does. They shake their head clench their jaw and walk back below decks
0: fee you are in and out of consciousness for the next couple hours anything that you are able to perceive comes in flashes Vaguely, you process Mia bringing your brother back into the infirmary and tossing him not-so-gently back onto his cot. Zed is already asleep on the floor beside it, and you see Leo curl over, grab his hand, and go into his trance before your awareness fades out again. The next time you're... Acutely aware of anything, you are looking over at Fen's cot, where he is trancing and Mia is curled up almost cat-like next to him. And you feel a cool palm against your cheek as Yu's girlfriend, Sunshine, is leaning over you, pressing a healing spell into your wounded shoulder, and murmuring, Alright, there you go everything fades out again and when you come back to a more sustainable level of consciousness the captain and Sabine are both kneeling next to your cot wide awake but looking very tired the captain squeezes your hand and says right lass Doc's taking her trance but she says we need to get you up and walking it off as soon as we can
1: up on deck with you. come on uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fee gets to her feet and is going to follow him out.
0: He's got one of your arms looped through his and Sabine has the other. They are helping you move. It hurts. You don't feel good. But apparently in these moments of unconsciousness, you have had some more healing magic done on you because you are actually capable of moving, which you were not when you were brought in here. They get you up on deck. The sea and sky are both calm and clear, a smattering of stars over your head reflecting off the gentle rolling waves. They both guide you up to the railing where you're able to kind of get a grip and use it to help keep yourself upright. Several people on the ship are still up doing their jobs. You see pelicans scrabbling up through the rigging, yelling things at the deckhands up in the crow's nest. A very small teenage frame is bent over one of the cannons fussing with something. And not too far away, you can see the Banshee sailing right next to the ship. Over on the banshee, you see a silhouette come up from below decks, run over to the railing, fix its attention on this person that is bent over fiddling with the cannons, and then you hear Lorelai Shakrana's voice, excited and breathless, going, "Glasses." And then the flash of a dimension door appears a few yards away from you, and Lorelei staggers out of it and tackles glasses into a big hug. Beside you, you feel Sabine's arm wind around your waist and squeeze you next to her. <laughs> Young love. Anyway, all of our people got out, your family included. Your Aunt Nora and your Uncle Aaron and your cousins, and your Uncle Boreas, who pitched an unholy fit at the idea of leaving Baldur. Apparently his book club was just getting to a really good chapter. <laughs> Are all on the flounder, bound for Pearlport, awaiting orders. Everything's... <sighs> well, everything's not okay, but we're as close to it as we can get, I think.
1: Good, that's... that's really good. Um... Fee kinda leans against her. Okay, uh... Next steps. Uh, d- have we planned out next steps? Well, we don't really
0: know what our next step should be. We were waiting on either you or Leo to be able to tell
1: us. We need to go to Lux to Golan.
0: Sabine frowns at you, and looks out over the railing at the endless, glassy sea beyond.
1: But that was where Defiance was headed with you, that doesn't seem- I will explain everything as soon as my head doesn't hurt as much as it does right now. But we have a lot of new information, and we need to get to the root of all this. And the route is Lok Stagallin. Please just trust me.
0: Of course I do. While Sabine is holding you up, the captain takes a few long strides across the deck and leans up to yell into the crow's nest. Pelican! We need to set a course for Lok Stagallin. Thank you! From up in the rigging, there's a ruffle of feathers and then, I sir. A few more seconds pass and the captain comes over to join you and Sabine at the railing again. He reaches down into his pocket and then presses something into your palm.
1: Okay, what is it?
0: You look down and you see an ornate silver brooch that looks very familiar. It is crafted with a very elven brand of artistry, lots of curling tendrils of metal wrapped around this red spherical gem. The closer you look at it, the more you are able to remember why it's familiar. This was the brooch that Defiance had in her hat when she first met you. The captain nods down at this brooch in your hand and then reaches up to squeeze at your shoulder. Not to put any more pressure on you than there already is, lass, but according to the laws of the pirate court, you killed Defiance. That gives you her job. You're the pirate queen of Australia. Uh... And that's where we're gonna end for this week. Ah! Uh, <laughs> Woo! Okay. All right. All right. How does it feel to be the pirate queen of Australia, Al? It feels bad. And we'll figure out how that works into everything next time on
1: Compelled Duel.
0: Hey everybody, Barry here with the Postscript, just clearing up a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. As always, I'm going to go ahead and plug our social media profiles. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok, at CompelledDuel. We have lots of other cool stuff going on, however, an official website, an official Spotify profile, our official merch store, stuff like that. You can find all that stuff linked on any of our various social media profiles. If you're interested in supporting the show, we ask that you consider heading over to patreon.com slash compelled duel, where starting at just $2 a month, you can get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, including early access to episodes, access to exclusive playlists and bonus content, and even handwritten letters from your favorite character every month. If you're interested in supporting the show in ways other than pledging to our Patreon, We ask that if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that you leave us a rating and a review since that helps the show get promoted to a wider audience. We host a weekly Q&A show on our YouTube every week and we would love to see you show up for that, ask a couple questions. We always have a really fun time. And as always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, we ask that you just tell a couple friends about it. And if they like it, ask them to tell a couple friends as well. Word of mouth advertising is the most powerful tool we have at our disposal. Our next episode will be going live on Friday, April 8th, 2022. Or if you are a member of our Patreon, you'll be getting early access on Thursday, April 7th. Thank you guys so much. See you next week.